Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, you actually end, then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hello, hello. Welcome to session 309 of Selling the Couch. I hope that you're doing well and uh, having an awesome day. So today I wanted to do a little bit different in terms of podcast sessions. Well, it's actually going to be a solo episode, but it's going to be a two-parter. But rather than doing part one and part two kind of back-to-back weeks, we're going to kind of skip a week just because this is a lot of information, a lot of really, I think, helpful information, but I know that it can be like a lot to process. And so just to give you a backstory on this, so the Healthcasters, my podcasting course that I launched back in 2015, recently passed the $300,000 revenue mark, right? And to be honest, this was not something I expected at all. When I started this back in 2015, I would have been honestly like really happy to reach like twenty five or fifty thousand dollars in, you know, just a, I don't know, maybe like ten years or something. I never actually thought I could actually create a course that would generate six figures, much less like multiple six figures. And one, I just feel, I think most of all, I just feel so grateful for the trust that each of you have in me, uh, especially as you launch your podcast and think about podcasting, just the fact that you would invest your time and income with me. I just feel so blessed and so honored. And in today's episode, what I actually wanted to do was, well, over the part one and part two of this, what I'm going to share is 10 lessons that I've learned as a course creator. If you are thinking about creating an online course, I know that many of us may be thinking about that right now in the midst of the pandemic and in a post-pandemic world, whether it's just to diversify our income uh, beyond therapy work or uh, just to feel like we have a bigger message to share and we want to be able to share that in a different way. Uh, beyond just our geographic area. If all of that sounds awesome and you've been thinking about creating an online course, I just wanted to invite you to download the free A to Z online course guide. Uh, I launched my first online course back in 2015 to a $297 first sale and through a lot of just hard work and uh, a lot of trust in colleagues to purchase the course. We've now had over 275 of our colleagues purchase the Healthcasters podcasting course, and I've learned a ton 
about what it takes to launch, grow, and scale a podcasting course and a course in uh, in general. And uh, that guide just has a lot of helpful information to help you get started. We're also launching something called Online Course School. This is a live cohort experience, so meaning that this isn't like a digital course on courses, although eventually it will have that. But this is more of a live experience where we therapists can gather over the course of six to eight weeks. And what I will do is I will teach you everything that I know about how to launch and grow a successful online course. We'll start with your idea and how to validate your online course. We'll then work through what your lessons and modules and all of those different things will look like. We'll actually take time and and actually do exercises to get those down. We'll come up with your course title and your subtitle uh, in a way that your students are excited to want to purchase that course. And then we'll talk about actually how to record and market your course as well. And you'll be joined with others in community and you'll have an accountability buddy and a bunch of really awesome stuff. And uh, if any of that sounds awesome, I encourage you to download again the online course guide over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course guide. So we'll get right to today's session. So in this episode, I'm going to share the first five and I'm going to go really deep into them. And then in part two, I'll share kind of the last five and then we'll go really deep into them. So number one thing that I would recommend is decide between a skyscraper versus a strip mall model for your online business. I've actually never heard of these terms before. And there's a great podcast by Jay Klaus called Creative Elements. And he had a conversation with Nathan Berry, who's the CEO of ConvertKit. And in that podcast episode, Nathan basically talks about how he went from $150,000 a year selling ebooks to a $30 million a year in annual recurring income with ConvertKit. And in that podcast episode, he outlines this image of a strip mall versus a skyscraper. And the first time I heard this, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like the best way to describe what the journey is as an online business owner and specifically the type of business that we can we have the potential to create. So a strip mall is exactly what it sounds like. This is basically as an online business owner, you have multiple products that diversify income. So i.e., Maybe you offer like multiple online courses. Maybe you have an online directory. Maybe you run a mastermind. Maybe you have an online, some sort of group coaching, something like that. Maybe you do retreats or a conference. And this is sort of the strip mall approach. There's the contrast, which is the skyscraper, which means that you have a single scalable flagship product. So it's Again, one single product and scalable, meaning that you can grow it as big as you want. Now, you would obviously have to add team members and stuff like that, but the core product still remains the same. And so you're not having to sort of make massive tweaks to the the actual program or the content of it, uh, regardless of the size. Now, the skyscraper model definitely, I think, in the world of like software as a service, SaaS products definitely makes sense, right? Because you've created a piece of software and whether you have one person in or 100,000 people in, right? Again, you'd have to have customer service, but you could theoretically scale this to that level, right? And then also grow your income. So this is something I learned 
both require energy and investment and all of those things, but in very different ways. So when I first started selling the couch, you know, I learned from a lot of mentors because like many of you, I had never taken a business or marketing class in grad school or undergrad. I wish I had, but so a lot of, you know, selling the couch has honestly just been trial by fire and just being in the arena and figuring this stuff out. And I'm still learning. Uh, I feel like I'm a student. I will be probably a student for the rest of my life. But I started as a strip mall model, which because that's what I had kind of understood and learned from mentors. So these mentors often had multiple online courses and they had like, you know, retreats or an intensive. They did some consulting and all of these kind of things. And I thought, wow, that's so awesome because it's like multiple streams of income. Yeah, so I sort of jumped in and just to give you even like a little bit of context with family and stuff, right? So at that point, when I started selling the couch, it was just Susan and I, we didn't have our little one. And so I practically just had a lot more time and a lot more latitude to be able to do all of these different things. So practically what this meant is, you know, over the past couple of years, I've done one-on-one consulting. I had my HealthCasters course We run an online income mastermind. I had the STC directory, which we discontinued earlier this year, just because of the time and all of that kind of stuff that it took. But we had the directory and, oh yeah, and then we had our core, right? Our our CBC uh, online course school. So this is, you know, live teaching to help get a course up and launched. This was definitely the strip mall approach. And I feel like all of us have seasons of life where we learn different things and becoming a parent has absolutely changed me as a person and it's changed me as as a business owner you know i realized that i can't stretch myself as much as i could before just because you know i love my current schedule i work 4 days a week i do generally deep work in the mornings then i take a midday hike have a nap and then i end my days with some, depending on the day, deep writing time or deep learning time. And I love that schedule and I wanted to keep it because, uh, you know, I've done the other side where I was doing a crazy amount of clinical work, working five and a half days, and I just don't want to go back to that again. But becoming a parent, it just kind of made me realize I can't sustain the strip mall model in the way that I want to run my business. I also don't want, I kind of want like a lean and mighty team instead of like a massive team as well. So I've been thinking a lot about this. And in fact, you know, we have our mastermind, our online income mastermind, and this is a mastermind specifically for therapists who are interested in being part of a community of therapists who are creating either, who are either monetizing their podcasts or creating online courses. And that mastermind has done phenomenally well. As I record this, we have 20 members in the mastermind. I've got another, I think, 10 to 12 of our colleagues who are very interested in joining here in the next year. And I've noticed like I love doing it, but it also takes up a considerable amount of time and energy. And what I've come to realize is that's going to be my skyscraper product, my single scalable flagship product, right? And It's also made me realize, I think in this season of life, the strip mall doesn't really make sense for me anymore, particularly because I want to be a good dad. I want to maintain my health, all of these kind of things, right? So I'm making the shift to a skyscraper model. And that's been really interesting. You know, some of these conversations are still to be had, 
But, you know, just having to say like, hey, guys, you know, we are discontinuing a product and this is the reason why, you know, because I want to sort of shift to a simplified, more simplified business, I want to still be present in, you know, in our, in our daughter's very active and present in our daughter's life. I don't want to just build something, you know, and then just miss out on her life or those kind of things, right? Yeah, it's just an interesting conversation to have, but it's something definitely as course creators to think about whether you want to focus on just having one course or you want to focus sort of on having multiple courses. Now, I don't have the experience of going from skyscraper to strip mall, but I do have the experience of going strip mall to skyscraper, and I think it's totally doable. In fact, I actually think that's probably where most of us will start, which is we create a bunch of different products and we figure out the ones that seem to create the most impact and revenue and the one that energizes us in a positive way. And then we make that shift to a skyscraper model. So if that's you, I want to just acknowledge that and share that that is okay to do that as well. And especially if you're at the beginning, you're like, Mel, skyscraper, strip ball, this feels so overwhelming. I would just say start with one, you know, you can always tweak and refine later and everything will be okay. The second point I just wanted to focus on when it comes to creating online courses is focusing on one marketing channel versus jumping around. So ideally, you want to find a marketing channel. So this could be webinars, some sort of social media, whatever it is, right? One that you enjoy creating content on and where your ideal audience hangs out. This is the thing you have to find, right? And it's this sweet spot. So you enjoy creating content on and where your ideal audience hangs out. I've mentioned this on, on in our community before, but Edison Research basically creates a report called the Infinity Dial every year. And this Infinity Dial report shows basically the trends in social media. And it's a great report to check out if you want to kind of look at some analytics before you figure out what social media platform to go on. And here's kind of the ultimate thing, right? The world of social media, ultimately, it's what's called rented real estate, right? We are creating content on these platforms. And ideally, you want to pick a platform that makes it easy to get interested students onto an email list. This way, you're kind of going from this rented audience to an owned audience. So the benefit of an email list, especially as an online business owner, is that you're directly in somebody's email inbox. And I would say like with healthcasters, 90% of the sales have come through people sign up, they give their email, sign up for a webinar. And then we give a lot of like high value, helpful stuff. And then we send some follow-up emails inviting them to join the healthcasters, nothing pushy or salesy, like super casual. But I would say 90% of those sales have come from the email list, uh, directly or indirectly. And so it's definitely something that you should consider. The third point that I wanted to share is less is more. And what I mean specifically is related to course content. So many of us get scared that no one will pay for our course. So we pack it with tons and tons of content. It almost reminds me of that Oprah meme. It's like, you get a car, you get a car, that kind of thing, right? But the thing to remember is our students are looking for the quickest way to get from point A to point B. So whatever you're teaching, make sure, first of all, that it is something that is like gives a concrete roadmap. And then make sure it's easily getting a person from point A to point B. So for example, you know, one of our colleagues that's in our current cohort of online course school, it's 
thinking about creating a course for parents of kiddos with OCD, of young kiddos with OCD kind of traits. You know, the point A would be like the parent that's feeling completely overwhelmed, doesn't know how to help their kiddo. And then sort of point B would be the parent now has five or seven sort of skill sets that they can, skill sets or tools that they can use to help their kiddo who might be struggling with OCD. And so definitely as you're creating these courses, think about like, make sure it's like very a tangible roadmap. This is a like, just side note, this is kind of a mistake that I see with a lot of our our colleagues that create courses, they make the topics kind of amorphous. And so there's not a clear sort of guideline of like, what are they accomplishing? The best example would be like a general mindfulness course, right? Where you're just giving like videos of like stuff to do, but it's teaching them mindfulness, but it, it needs to be much more concrete, if that makes sense. Now, the fourth sort of point I wanted to share is be a niche of one. At first, I marketed my podcasting course to healthcare providers. In fact, the name of it is called Healthcasters, right? And uh, <laughs> this is like genius mail, like back in, you know, 2015. And I, I laugh. And the thing is, a lot of this is just experimenting and figuring out, right? So in my mind, I thought, hey, there are a lot of podcasting courses out there. But there isn't a community for specifically for healthcare providers, right? So everyone from physicians to therapists to nutritionists to pharmacists, whatever it is, right, that are interested in creating a podcast to, to grow their business. And so I was like, you know what, I think I will create that because it would be just so helpful to bring us all together. And I actually thought, you know, that was pretty niche, right? Healthcare provider, business owners creating a podcast. The problem is it was really hard for me to write to a therapist, a nurse, a surgeon, a pharmacist on a single sales page. And I am in front of therapists. I mean, I'm a psychologist and most of the people, all of the people that consume are are definitely like purchase any sort of product or services from me tend to be therapists. And so even on the sales page, right, I would have these like all the testimonials and stuff would be from therapists. So for example, like what if, you know, if I'm a surgeon, right, and I'm looking at this and I see the sales page and it's full of like therapist testimonials, that would be cool. But I think it would make me kind of pause, be like, wait, I don't see any other surgeons here. Like, it sounds like this is just a community for therapists. And that's kind of what happened. And so ultimately, I think where I landed even therapist was not niched enough for healthcasters, actually, surprisingly. Where I ultimately landed is successful therapists in private practice who had a big message to share and wanted to move from the therapy chair to online income. The fifth and final point that I wanted to share is don't obsess with gear initially. When you're starting both a podcast and an online course, this is a real tension that a lot of creators feel. It's this idea that, you know, if I buy this thing, it will help me create an amazing online course. What I have found is that searching for gear is ultimately a form of distraction or avoidance. And what I would encourage is start really simple. I like to use Loom for recording online courses And the cool thing with Loom is once you actually record the Loom, you can actually go and download the actual video, which is pretty cool. And then there are a ton of mics out there. The Blue Yeti is a a good mic. It's a solid mic. 
The uh, Samsung Q2U is another really good mic. The Blue Yeti you can get away with. Like you can kind of keep it off screen. The Samsung Q2U has beautiful sound, but you have to keep it like within one to two inches of your mouth. So it may not visually look the best. So to counter that, I like something called a shotgun mic, which is basically a mic that you can place eight to 15 inches away from you. And so when you're recording your online course, it may be pointed at your mouth, but it's kind of off screen. So people are, your course students are not actually seeing it. So it looks like you're speaking into the camera and you're getting this like really like rich and amazing sound. If you guys have seen any of the videos that I post in the Selling the Couch community, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash community, any of those videos, especially my most recent ones, I'm using a shotgun mic. And I would recommend the Rode Video Mic NTG. It's around 250 US dollars uh, as I record this. It is a little bit more on the pricey side comparatively. I mean, that was uh, you know a lot of a lot of money when I was looking at mics until I realized there was actually mics that cost like several thousand dollars. So it's a little bit relative, but that's a great mic. And the big advantage of that Video Mic NTG is it's a USB mic. So you can actually plug it just into the USB slot on your computer, but it's a shotgun mic too. So you can kind of keep it off screen and uh, you'll get some really good quality sound there. And then what I would do is if you're like, Mel, I love course creating. I want to like really build this out. And you should be of that mindset because you want to view course creation as sort of a multi-year and in fact, like a potentially even like a multi-decade sort of process, right? And so what you strategically want to do is anytime you get a course scale or you look at your monthly revenue from your course, just set aside 5% of those sales for future upgrades. So when I first started, to be completely honest, I had the Audio-Technica ATR2100, which is my podcasting mic, and that's what I used to record the online course. It was around a $60 mic. And I remember like wanting these like fancier setups, but I just couldn't afford it. So it's exactly what I did. I just set up like 5% of the income slowly, slowly, slowly over years. Now to get to my current setup, which I absolutely love. This is like my dream setup. I can't imagine really going anything beyond this. And uh, I absolutely love it, right? So I'm actually not recording from my online course mic, my shotgun mic, but I use the Sennheiser MKH416 which is basically the mic that is used on a lot of like Hollywood movie sets. It's also $1,000. Uh, it's probably overkill. Uh, not probably. It's overkill, absolutely, if you're just starting out with your course. I think once you have a more successful course and you're really starting to branch and scale, I think it definitely makes sense. Now, that mic, the one complication with it is it's not a USB mic. So you have to get something called XLR. It's, it's the other side of the USB. Is there, it's called an XLR connection. And so you have to plug in this mic into some sort of a device that basically allows you to properly like record with that mic. So I use the Rodecaster Pro for my setup. So the audio that you're hearing is through the Rodecaster Pro. And so the nice thing with the Rodecaster Pro is it allows you to make a lot of like nuanced changes to the depth and quality of your voice. So you get like a really nice quality recording without needing much editing. So you can just make that last like 5% of the tweaks if you need to. 
all that to say, it makes zero sense to to purchase any of that stuff at the beginning. And so instead, like start with something simple like Loom and then like the road video mic and TG. All right. So I hope that you enjoyed this session. So again, sort of the five points are decide between a skyscraper versus a strip mall for your online business, because I think it'll give you clarity in terms of where the online course fits into everything. Two, focus on one marketing channel versus jumping around. Three, remember when it comes to course content, less is more. So don't create more content just because you're scared that no one's going to buy. Four is be a niche of one. And then the fifth one is don't obsess with gear initially. I wanted to invite you to download the free online course guide if you are thinking about launching an online course and just want some things that have been helpful Uh, for me and some of the tough lessons that I learned along the way. You can again download that over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course guide. And as I mentioned right at the beginning, we're actually starting a live cohort called Online Course School. This is a great opportunity to join with other therapists to validate and launch and record your online course. The best way to find out about this and to keep updated when the core launches is to download, again, the online course guide over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course guide. So that is the end of today's session. We will check back in in about two weeks and I'll share part two of this. This podcast is part of a larger thread that I created on Twitter that I didn't, honestly, I was so nervous to create this thread because like I'd never like explicitly, you don't usually explicitly share numbers like that, and especially on a public platform like Twitter. And this thing went viral. So it's the last time I looked, I think it was around 493,000 views of this one Twitter thread. It's pretty wild. So you can find that Twitter thread by connecting with me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is mvarghese5, twitter.com forward slash mvarghese5. And uh, it's the pinned post right at the top. So it uh, should give you a lot of lot more clarity. And then I actually included a video in there as well. All right. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of, Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes, and when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy. Um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.